From the concert halls to the juke joints, from churches to festivals in the fields, welcome to another episode of Bill Street Caravan, celebrating the sounds of Memphis for more than 20 years. Heard around the globe on NPR Worldwide. I'm your co-host, Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Jared J.B. Boyd. This week on Bill Street Caravan, we have blues from Ryan Lee Crosby and Willie Farmer. Grammy-nominated bluesman Guy Davis will be with us to deliver an installment of the Blues Hall of Fame, an exploration of the lives of the pioneers and innovators enshrined in the Blues Hall of Fame here in Memphis, Tennessee, brought to you by the Blues Foundation. That's all coming up right now on Bill Street Caravan. Hey, Pat. Hey, JB. This week on the show, we've got Willie Farmer, Ryan Lee Crosby, Grant Smith, Sean Marsh, and Lynn Greer, giving us blues from all sides. That's right. This group of blues innovators will join us to explore various regions, areas, and disciplines of the genre to prove that blues music is much more than many think. By now, I'd imagine that our international listeners are keen to the idea that blues music has reached far beyond its roots of the American South. Well, I'd imagine that's a given, JB, since, you know, they are the global listeners of our Roots Music Show. So many of them listen from so far away. And I think that's why we should probably start with Ryan Lee Crosby. He's arguably the most far out of all of our guests today. Well, far out is a way to describe his influences. But others might point specifically to the East to place his sound as he balances the disparate folk traditions of our region with traditional Indian music. It probably wouldn't be a surprise to anyone that with such an unconventional approach to the blues, Crosby isn't a native to the region that birthed the art form. Naturally, the native of the American Northeast wasn't raised anywhere near the Mississippi Delta, a fact that likely provided him with fresh ears to hear the nuances of the music and compare it to his study of Hindu cultures. His most recent work in 2022, an album called Winter Hill Blues, is produced by a veteran, Bruce Watson, and inspired by the specific sounds of Bentonia, Mississippi. It's there that he spent time as an understudy of 74-year-old bluesman Jimmy Duck Holmes, and he's aimed with this record to channel Holmes's contemporaries in a refreshing way. So here he is, Ryan Lee Crosby, along with Grant Smith, Willie Farmer, Sean Marsh, and Lynn Greer, live on Bill Street Caravan. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thanks Thank for listening. You.
got a feeling There's no place to run Thank you. Here's more from Willie Farmer, Ryan Lee Crosby, Grant Smith, Sean Marsh, and Lynn Greer, live on Bill Street Caravan.
That was Willie Farmer, Brian Lee Crosby, Grant Smith, Sean Marsh, and Lynn Greer live on Bill Street Caravan. We'll be back with more music from the crew in just a bit. Up next, Grammy-nominated bluesman Guy Davis takes us through the life histories of the pioneers and innovators enshrined in the Blues Hall of Fame. This segment is brought to you by the Blues Foundation, and it's also available as a standalone podcast through iTunes. Every evening, the hands watched Skip walk towards the kudzu at the edge of the field. He acted like no one could see him. He disappeared into the vines, leaving behind a puff of dust from his footsteps. In the kudzu jungle, Skip walked a narrow path to a sound of running water. He followed the sound almost a mile to a clearing around a hill. On top of a sandy mound beside the creek bank stood the still. The copper kettle sat on a fire ring made of stones. A metal tube coiled from the kettle to the barrel beside it. 
Skip kept a neat stack of seasoned oak to keep the kettle boiling. He stashed barrels in the kudzu. The boss man had told him, Whatever happens is yours, see? Skip ran off 50 gallons of moonshine a night, easy. When he got home from the still, Skip could hear Osella outside in the streets whistling. The tune sounded like someone out on a carefree stroll, but the men of the town knew the deal. Skip and Osella made more money than any black couple in Bentonia, working half as hard. They also made more enemies. Since Skip stayed out of the fields unless on his way to the still, he had plenty of time to play guitar. Friday night came, showtime. Skip and Osella ran the juke house right across Satasha Road from the Woodbine Plantation. Osella fried the fish. Skip sold his liquor and played his guitar. Saturday afternoon at the Mac Rollenberg store in Yazoo City, Skip James came in to buy some tobacco. Let me get a can of Prince Albert, Skip told Mac. That's Mr. Prince Albert to you, Mac joked. Skip just stared. Hey, Skip, Mac said. I'll give you a dollar if you go tell that gal across the street, come here. Skip peered out the window and saw his cousin with two other girls. He turned back to Mac. Tell you what I'll do, he said. I'll give you the dollar back after you go tell my cousin friend to come see me. Mac glanced out the window and saw Skip's cousin with two white girls. Skip smirked. Hell, I think as much of mine as you do yours. He stepped out and joined his friend Suge Stuckey. They walked down Levy Street and Skip told Suge the story. What you do that for, Suge asked. I act a fool to catch one, Skip said. Suge looked puzzled. I got something to keep the strong off the weak. Suge said, I stay out of it. What, you mean you don't carry a gun? What'd you do in the war? They didn't allow us a taste of killing. Are Germans white? Skip wondered. Suge just chuckled. Anyway, I'm not going up to show that man my hindquarters without knowing anybody more powerful than me, said Skip. I have a guardian. Suge bellowed, thou art the reprobate. The two men parted ways at the hitching post where Skip had tied his horse. He had a pony called Louisa. She could gallop back to Bentonia without a break. The road curved through the rolling hills, built up with Indian burial mounds. Towers of kudzu loomed overhead. He rode high in the saddle. Skip picked up his guitar off the saddle horn. With shadows falling across him, Skip played to the rhythm of Blue Eyes' hoofbeats. Osella stood over a hot sink of dishes, courtesy of the afternoon crowd. She could hear Skip and Suge up front and a loud banging. No one ever knocked at the Duke House door. Osella unplugged the drain stopper. She grabbed a pint jar of clear liquid and unscrewed the lid. Up front, Skip argued with the revenue man, according to he and Osella's plan. 
He'd divert the raid and anger the agent as long as he could while she dumped the lightning. Skip said, I'll give you a good piece of advice. Get on your horse and get out of here. You understand that? The revenue man turned red. I'll bring the mob after you, James. Skip said, I don't care who you get. You better not come to this house no more. You see that hill? You better not top that hill, because I got something for you. I got something to keep the strong off the weak. The revenue man pushed past Skip and Sugar and burst into the kitchen. He stopped next to the sink. He asked Osella, what are those empty jars for? Putting up muscadine jelly Sunday evening, she said. If we come back tomorrow, can we get one? Asked the revenuer. Skip tried not to laugh. After the revenue man left, the boss man showed up. You ain't scared of nobody, is you? He asked Skip. Hell no, Skip said. What the hell I got to be scared of somebody for? I'm meat, man. You can't do nothing but kill me. If you beat me to it, you're a lucky man. I talk straight and I don't do nothing to nobody. What I say I mean, and if I don't say nothing, I don't mean nothing. I speak facts, and I want you to speak to me facts. The boss man said, huh, You do well to show a little fear, boy. Skip glanced toward Shook. Some of these old boys scared not to be scared, he said. I'm just like my great granddaddy come up in slavery times. He'd tell those people, Now, if you beat me today, you're going to have to beat me tomorrow. Well, if they come to beat you tomorrow, there's nothing else I can do, said the boss man. I have a feeling I know why you got to be called Skip. You don't know when to shut your mouth, so you got to know when it's time to go. The men looked at each other. The boss man spoke. If the revenues come back tomorrow and find anything but jam in those jars, they'll lock the three of you away. Skip sold Louisa to the boss man and bought train fare. He, Osella, and Shug headed to Vicksburg before dawn the next morning. They knew a piano player there named Little Brother. They found a room on Mulberry Street. In a strange town with no job, they were lucky to have two ways to make money. Skip and Suge got out their guitars to play the street corner. They could hear Osella whistling through the neighborhood. A deceitful female companion, Suge shouted. Man's wickedest enemy and a songster's greatest ally. Shoot, I studied more music off of my horse than any woman, Skip tried to puff up. Same cat scratched her, put his claws on me, he said. But Suge just chuckled. After busking up a few coins, Skip and Suge rolled uphill to a little fish house and hotel called the Blue Room. There, they found out little brother was gone. Had a nervous breakdown right there at the piano. He started playing Vicksburg blues and couldn't stop for hours. Skip sat down and gave the boss of the Blue Room an audition. You talk about your 4440, but it'll do very well. Skip and Suge packed the Blue Room every night for a week. But Skip being Skip, success didn't feel right. The law could follow their fame right to them, he said. They couldn't afford to remain much longer. That morning, Skip and Suge hoofed up Mulberry to their room and found it empty. 
Osella had taken everything they had and gone. The blues, man, was all Shook said. The two took their rest. Skip just lay there. The situation put him in the mind of an old Bentonia song called Devil's Dream. When Shook got up, they played it through. It was an eerie wailing song, spooky as the burial mounds and kudzu jungles back home. That night at the Blue Room, the duo played before another full crowd. An hour or so into their set, Skip saw a white man standing at the door. Little guy, weak chin, decent suit, but not too nice. He's not drinking, Skip thought. He's not looking at the women. And he began to feel nervous. After the song, the man wound his way through the audience to Skip. I came from Jackson to see you, the man said. Damn, Skip thought. Jackson, he ought to be a revenue. Henry Spear, the man said, putting out his hand. Skip limply shook. Spear watched Skip's eyes dart away. Just heard about you at lunchtime, Spear said. Had to track you right down. Skip felt himself getting sick. The man smiled. I run a furniture shop over on Farish Street. Pretty good sideline of Victrola Records, too. <sighs> Skip exhaled. Spear asked, you ever thought of making records? I'm not positive about it, said Skip. You play me something original. I'll have your contract and a little money up front tomorrow, Spear said. Skip didn't speak. Well, Spear asked, you got a song? Thanks for listening to the Blues Hall of Fame podcast, brought to you by the Blues Foundation. The Blues Hall of Fame podcast is produced by Bill Street Caravan for the Blues Foundation, written by Preston Lauterbach and voiced by Guy Davis. For more information on the Blues Foundation, go to blues.org.
Bill Street Caravan has brought the sounds of Memphis to public radio airwaves for more than 20 years. And now you can see what we've been talking about. Check out our series of digital shorts through our website or go to iListenToMemphis.com. I Listen to Memphis is about Memphis music today, the people who make it, and the places and culture that fuel it. iListenToMemphis.com. Bill Street Caravan is supported by awards from Memphis Travel and Tennessee Arts Commission. We're back, and for those of you just tuning in, we've got an all-star concert from Willie Farmer, Ryan Lee Crosby, Grant Smith, Sean Marsh, and Lynn Greer. This isn't the first time we've caught up with Willie Farmer on the program. That's right, Pat. It was only a handful of years ago that I recall taking a pretty spectacular field trip down the highway to Duck Hill, Mississippi, to see Mr. Farmer in person. And what'd you see, JB? Well, I kid you not, Pat. Mr. Farmer met me along a main drag up at a hardware store in town. So much activity centered around this store and the few businesses that were nearby. But it was apparent to me that Mr. Farmer lives in a community that is immensely proud of its music tradition. And it even featured a monument for Lucy E. Campbell, a native of Duck Hill who later moved to Memphis to have a large impact on our city's gospel music. Well, Mr. Farmer's more than a musician to the people of Duck Hill, though. Even though he certainly created a large spotlight for the city with his 2019 debut, aptly titled The Man from Duck Hill, released on Big Legal Mess. Well, yeah, Pat, Mr. Farmer led me from that bustling hardware store right up a dirt road to his home and effectively his primary place of business. He's his town's most prominent car mechanic with an impressive assortment of makes and models lining the perimeter of the garage adjacent to his home. Oh, this is quite the scene for an unforgettable blues story, JB. Oh, and you know I had to have him sing for me right there on the spot, in the shed with all the Hondas, Fords, Mazdas, and everything else in the background. <laughs> I'll have to show you a video. Hold on, let me grab it. We'll do that. Right now, here's more from Willie Farmer, Ryan Lee Crosby, Grant Smith, Sean Marsh, and Lynn Greer, live on Bill Street Caravan.
trouble as I had. Yeah, you know, bad luck and trouble, my only friend. Well, me for that, I won't have no friend at all. That's bad. Listen, this what I can't read. Never learn how to write. My whole life has been one big sight.
Caravan. Uh, my name is JJ B. Boyd. I'm here with a friend of mine and a friend of the show, Ryan Lee Crosby. How you doing? Hey, JB. I'm glad to be with you. Glad to have you with us. Uh, you just came to Memphis, which I, you know, I don't know how many lists of homes you have. Where does where does Memphis rank on the list of places you feel like are home? That's a great question. Certainly, Memphis is on that list. I think it's kind of a short list too. I mean, places where I feel at home when I'm on the road have included Memphis. Amsterdam, Boston was my actual home for a long time. Whenever I go down to Mississippi, I feel aware. With all these places, I feel aware of my myself as a visitor. But certainly, you know, there's a, a quality of feeling at home or a, a resonance. You blend a lot of different styles from across the world. Uh, for those who haven't heard what exactly it is that you do, how do you best define it? If someone walked up on the street and said, "Okay, you know, I'm a stockbroker. What do you do? How would you best describe your style of music?" Well, I feel very influenced by a number of musicians in particular, but I think the Bentonia style of blues and a lot of, of blues that's come out of North Mississippi and with Memphis in particular, Robert Belfort is a, a huge influence and inspiration on the way that I play. But what I do is uh, it is a kind of weaving of threads from Bentonia to North Mississippi and even with inspiration and influence from North India, um, Indian classical tradition, and a little bit too with some guitar players from Mali. But really, I just think of myself as a guitar player and songwriter that's looking for freedom from suffering in music. And I think that the blues is really the context that that happens in for me. You've been to this area many times to perform. 
Uh, you were just here recently with the program that we're listening to today with Willie Farmer and Grant Smith. Tell me about this lineup and, and how this, this concert came to be and, and what this particular evening was like for you. It was a wonderful evening. I enjoyed it so much and I always feel very honored to play in Memphis and especially across town. I love the green room so much and so it was great to be there with Mr. Willie Farmer and I think it was at the Juke Joint Festival in Clarksdale in 2019. I played before Mr. Farmer two days in a row um, at the New Roxy and then at the outside the Paramount Theater during the festival. So I got to hear him play twice and talk to him and that was April of 2019 and then I think I, I went down to play the Bentonia Blues Festival a couple months later and when I was on my way down, I forget how I got his email, but I, I wrote to Mr. Farmer and asked if I could come visit him and he said sure. And we spent the afternoon playing guitar and um, we kind of just stayed in touch ever since, you know. So when the opportunity to play a Crosstown came up again, it just seemed to me like it would be a really fun way to, to see and hear him again. And I think he had a really nice time playing too. Are you working on any new music right now? I know that you, you've put out a record just recently. As far as post-pandemic time goes, time is in flux, but it, 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 you know, yeah. it, it, I'm sure you're still celebrating Winter Hill Blues, is that correct? Well, I still really feel very fortunate to have recorded Winter Hill Blues in Memphis Yeah, with Bruce. And yeah, I've been working, um, I have maybe eight or nine songs that I've been kind of recording and this time I've just been working on it from home with the musicians who I play with. I've not tried to put any pressure on myself to say that I have to make another record or do anything one way or another but I've certainly been recording a lot and uh, it seems like there are eight and nine songs that are almost done and that could end up being the next album but I've been recording a lot of things over the last few years and just really enjoying the process without trying to control it. So I hope I, hope I have another album out maybe even in the first half of next year, everything goes well. What is that process for you mentally to, to be able to, to get yourself to a space uh, to create, you know, and, and, and are there any particular influences that you look toward? Um, well, I think something that feels important to me is that the creative process is just part of doing the best I can to live well day to day. It ebbs and flows, but I know it does feel important to me to try to feel like all the things that I do in my life are integrated and balanced, and some days are better than others. But I try to make sure that I write a little bit each day, play guitar every day, depending on what's on my schedule, do things like yoga and meditation. And I, I think all, all of that is part of the creative process for me. Do you have any plans to be back anytime soon? I hope so. Memphis is a really, really special place to me, and I, I want to come as often as I can. You know, I'm always always on the lookout for uh, an opportunity to come be in Memphis. Well, Ron, we, we appreciate you being on Bill Street Caravan, and we'll look forward to seeing you back our way soon. Thanks so much. It's, it's an honor to be back on the show. All right. Be well, my friend. Thanks, you too. Here's more from Willie Farmer, Ryan Lee Crosby, Grant Smith, Sean Marsh, and Lynn Greer, live on Bill Street Caravan.
Good night. That was Willie Farmer, Ryan Lee Crosby, Grant Smith, Sean Marsh, and Lynn Greer, live on Beale Street Caravan. For more on all the performers, you can find them online and on Facebook. Bill Street Caravan is supported by awards from Memphis Travel and Tennessee Arts Commission. We like to remind our listeners to please show your support for public broadcasting. You won't find programming like this anywhere else.